this is Steve from Retroman Blog, and welcome to this uh, special interview uh, for Retrosonic Podcast with the photographer Derek D'Souza. Welcome, Derek. And Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking Thank the time much. today for seeing us. Of, of seeing you today was to get a bit more information about this new book you're working on, which sounds a little bit intriguing. It's a little bit different to the normal music photo book, so um, can you tell us a little bit about your new projects? Yes, um, I think the first thing for me was to do another book on the jam. I was really reluctant because it's I didn't want to do a book of you know here's the photographs that you know that slipped down the back of the drawer or they weren't good enough for the first book. You know, I was really reluctant to do that. And I didn't have enough to do a second book. Plus, I didn't want it to do in the crowd too. You know, because you know the ones that got the ones that got away kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, and I spoke to Simon Wells and Paul Skillet. The, the idea was to look at it very differently. Um, and from Simon's point of view, the writer, he was looking at um, comparisons between what, uh, Britain at a time when. Uh, when the jam would have started, very political, a lot was going on, just previous to the Thatcher years. Um, but the similarities with he he saw with Geoffrey Ash, who wrote a book on Camelot and the Vision of Albion, which I think came out in '79, I believe. So around the you know a couple of years after the jam had started, but he'd written a book and it was comparing um, the modern view of Britain compared to King Arthur's view of Britain. Oh right, yeah. Um, and and how and how the country ought to be run and things like that. Um, and it was then seeing how Paul Weller, who's such a great writer and observant writer, um, and there hadn't really been people like that that we'd felt as well. There'd been writers that, I mean, much as we, we're all Beatles fans, yeah. and the Beatles, it was, you know, kind of me and my girls songs, yeah, like mostly yeah. lung songs. There wasn't very much in the way, obviously there was things later on, yeah. like revolution, but there wasn't too much that was probably political with early on. So that's why Paul Weller's lyrics fitted in with that book, was it? The, the sort of looking at the England and... Yeah, I mean, plus obviously with the photographs, so that was one aspect of it, was to, yeah. was to look at then the images that we had of the band, um, and also um, not to just use the same pictures as before, because that, was, that wasn't, there was no point to that, I didn't want to do that. You know, I took quite a bit of coaxing for this, I have to say. Yeah. So I didn't want to be, you know, less, I've got a few pictures left, let's cash in. That's the last thing I wanted to do. You know, you've got your own pride, your own standards, and you want it to be a quality book. Uh, and then working with these two guys, I knew it would be. Yeah. Uh, and the second guy is Paul Skellett, who's a great designer and an artist in his own right. Yeah. And um, and what he did, he took one of the pictures um, that I'd taken, and I would have given it maybe three or four out of ten the original shot. Right. It was a shot from a sound check. It wasn't anything special. Didn't make the first book. Wasn't going to make the second. Yeah. And he changed it, and he just did some work on the picture it, it, I would say he breathed new life into it and when I saw it yeah. I mean, it was like seeing that picture for the first time almost oh, right. so I gave it like a 7 or 8 out of 10 from this yeah. shot from the, I would have you know yeah. would have just discarded he, he, he did something really transformed it
title is In Echoed Steps. Yeah. It's a line out of the song Absolute Beginners. Oh, it's, right, it's the yeah. opening line, actually. Yeah. In Echoed Steps, Steps, I Walked Across an Empty Dream. Yeah. Which is, and again, obviously, with my connection to Absolute Beginners, we were looking at things like titles from that. Yeah. Um, but it was also that thing of looking back in time. Yeah. Um, and, and again, then the comparisons with you know, King Arthur's Britain. Well, not that any of us were around at that time. I feel that old. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, looking at you know, the view of how things should be or how people felt it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Paul Weller's, you know, for a young man as well. Um, another thing we took with, I think with Paul was there was other writers, the only writers writer we could think of um, who were, uh, again, like the bands like The Clash, like Joe Strummer from The Clash, you had Ray Davis, maybe Pete Townsend, and, um, you know, maybe looking at um, maybe urban life more, whereas Paul yeah. Weller, he'd grown up in, you know, Woking, which is referred to as a leafy suburb, yeah. you know, so he wouldn't have been brought up in some gritty, grimy, urban backdrop, you know, yeah. um, but he was very observant of things. Yeah, it's true, and I think that's why, again, they did appeal to people around the suburbs and around the UK, didn't they? Because it wasn't just people that were, were, were in the central London or the inner cities, it appealed to people that were out in the sticks, like me, and I was yeah. out, out in the middle of nowhere, and it just it, that's why I think it sort of hit a chord with people, you know, and the book's trying to evoke that feeling is it of, well it's of kind England. of it's looking back to it's not just the political aspect of it but also looking back at, at Paul Weller growing up trying to think and say and we've been we went to places that have been referenced in songs you know like you know places where he grew up around those areas so he'd be you know to the street where, where the first house is gone Stan, Stan, um, the Maybury estate is still there where they where they, where they live yeah. uh, the Stanley Road has now been development into flats so that house has long you know been knocked yes. down um, but there was Horsell Common the place where they, I think you remember the funeral pie video where they filmed yeah. that yeah. Um, there's a there's a Muslim burial ground on, on the common as well so I was looking at places where you know, well I might have gone as a kid yes um, and we had, we had a chat, good chat as well with Steve Carver Tufty um, who it was at school with Paul, but they weren't sort of schoolmates, and yeah. they became mates later on in the early sort of mid to yeah. mid seventies when the band started, or when the band started to have success. Not because not, sorry, not because of that, yeah. because they were mates going into the pub together and they had things in common. Um, so it was looking around at those places and thinking, you know, what might have influenced Paul Weller at the time. Sure. As I say, he didn't grow up in the town, so. Yeah. Yeah. So did you go and take photos of the location, sort of as they are now as well? A few, yeah. a few, just to kind of get a bit of a flavour for it as well. Yeah. Just, um, just because obviously, we, well, the guys we weren't all, all able to go, so I went a couple of times. Once with Simon, and we just kind of went to where you know where Paul went to school, yeah. um, you know where he grew up, yeah. um, places he would have hung out. Yeah. And things like that. So it was just to trying to get a bit of that kind of feeling of yeah, and yeah. see what the place was like. And again, it's, it was a million miles from away from you know somebody growing up on a council estate in in London.
And so the book is, is, is out now, is it? Is it available to buy? No, it's being printed as we speak. All right, okay. Uh, and then it has to be shipped back from overseas, and the book will be released early April. Oh, good. Um, so, so you were doing a pledge, sort of like a, a pledge campaign, weren't yeah. you? For like a funding campaign. So That's that right. all met all its targets, and, and you got all the orders in, and yes, it, it was amazing. I mean, for me, I'm a massive, as I already said, I'm a massive Beatles fan, mm. and um, I hadn't dealt with, I hadn't worked with pledge before. I'd, I'd pledged four things, but never been in a project of my own. Mm. Uh, and the guys told us it was the fastest ever book that's been pledged for, wow. even faster than the book on the Beatles. Now, yeah. for us, it's not that we're saying, not, not saying it's a better book. I said, like John Lennon, when he was saying, yes. we're better than the Beatles. Yeah, no, I didn't Thinking mean like Jesus. that. But, but, but as a Beatles fan, yeah. the fact that people are, would pledge for something yeah. that wasn't a Beatles book and pledge very quickly, yeah. as a Beatles fan for me, was like a, you know, a great honour. Oh, yeah, well, I think, I think that's the, how jam, I meant it. the Jam have got that fan base, haven't they? That yeah. loyal fan base that have actually stayed with the band throughout years. It's not something that people just say grow out of it, you know. No. It's stuck with people. I mean, we you know, me and sure. we go to gigs, we see people, and uh, the, the pull of the jam even now is still so immense, isn't it? You know, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, um, I think, much as I love the Beatles, uh, the jam was, and a lot of people said this kind of thing, but the jam was were part of my life as I grew up. I could relate to them, you know, Paul's a year older than me, so it's not like someone who was, you know, 30 years older than me. Yeah. Um, and then these, these things are happening as I was growing up as a young man, from a teenager to a young man. And, it, and you know, it, it almost like the jam, not so much became a soundtrack to your life, that sounds a bit naff, but I, I just think it, they were a huge part of my life. And yeah. the kind of lived each year was from, you know, what tour it was to which gigs, you know, and then going on those gigs and those tours. And, and I can remember that sort of period of my life, maybe, I didn't see them for the first couple of years, but I think 78, so 78 mm. to 82, so much of my life revolved around, you know, whatever yeah. record was coming out, going to see the band, yeah. you know, those kind of things. So, so it was very personal for me. Stage that you're actually taking photos for their single covers, which was absolute beginners, which you mentioned that you've worked with a band. So it must have been amazing as you were just, you were not a professional photographer at the time, no. were you? So no. how did it happen? How did you get to meet the band and show them your pictures? Um, well, I was lucky, really. I, I mean, I went to gigs, um, I, I would take my camera in, and I think the first gig I ever took was late 79. It was a jam at, on the Setting Suns tour. And most of the pictures were really bad, didn't come out, or just didn't come out at all. So I had no clue about stage lighting. Obviously, it wasn't like digital now where you can review the results, you can yeah. see, you know, if it's overexposed or underexposed. Um, and their pictures were pretty awful, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I pers persisted with it because I enjoyed it. And again, it wasn't like I wasn't completely unofficial, so I was always sneaking my camera in, yeah. you know, to gigs, and it wasn't like I had a, never had a photo pass for years until later on. So you just used um, to get yourself down the front of gigs, sneak uh, Not even on the front, because I think it would be more noticeable. So you kind of wanted to get far enough away from the stage so to the get the shots. Yeah, plus, they were hard, plus the further back you were, they were harder for them to come and get you. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 was, that was the plan, you know. 
because um, it was the gigs were pretty you know, frenzied experiences. You know, it could be very violent as well. Yeah. So um, and even for me taking pictures, I had gigs where not a single picture came out because yes. you just would not be stood in the same spot. That's right. You yeah, might try right. to be, but you would be moved. Be moved. I think you know. Yeah. So yeah, elbow, that, you know that happened. Um, that's a good point, isn't it? But anyway, I stuck with it and you know got a few and got some and the shots got better as you get you know with experience like everything else. Uh, the gear was still very amateur equipment. Anyway, then I wrote to, um, like, you know, it's what people did then, you know, you wrote to the band, there was no yeah. Facebook to go on or anything else. So I wrote to the band and I sent some of the pictures and they really liked them. And Paul wrote back and said he really liked the pictures and I took some from the TV as well and said maybe we could do something with some of the photographs. Um, and then um, and then one day out of the blue, on the, I think I sent photos on the Monday from the last, from the recent tour in the summer of 81. Um, and, um, and on the Tuesday, I, got off, I was coming home I popped in the snoop club on the way and I was chatting to my dad and I was just about to leave he said oh by the way some well woman phoned for you about a photo session for the jam and I was like what? <laughs> yeah. so um, and it was quite I always remember him saying that because it was an unusual, he would never normally say some well woman he would say Mrs. Weller phoned or Anne Weller or something or yeah. lady phoned for you but not some well woman but that, for some reason that stuck in my mind yeah. anyway I ran home literally um, and this is on I think I'm sure it must have been the Tuesday night because the Monday I posted the first they probably forgotten that day but I hadn't told anybody so nobody else knew um, and then no phone call Wednesday stayed in every night and then Sunday night Anne Weller which is Paul's mum phoned up yeah. and she said um, I'm so sorry I lost your number I said oh it's fine you know I, did, you know, I, I didn't wait in the whole week you know um, but basically the band really liked the pictures and they liked to arrange to meet with me um, and you know about a photo session although well, they, they would like to meet me first Anne and John so I arranged to go to uh, the house in Woking on the Maybury Estate. Of course, you had to meet the, the mum and dad yeah. at the interview first. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, <laughs> it would be an army of PR people, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure. It wasn't like meet the parents exactly, because obviously John was the manager and Anne yeah. and Nicky used to run the fan club. Yeah. Um, but it was, but it was, you know, but they didn't know anything about me at all. I was obviously quite a relatively yeah. young fan. Um, and I'm sure at the time, Anne thinks I was about 14. <laughs> I was thinking I was, must have been 20 or 21. Yeah. But every, every time I talked about it, she always thinks I'm a bit younger <laughs> so I'll probably turn up in my short trousers <laughs> yeah. anyway I got a train from Waterloo to Woking I didn't drive so Anne picked me up at the station I always remember Anne doing me egg and chips and a cup of tea <laughs> to come straight from work and, yeah. and I, think, I think one of the things that struck me with them was they they treated me like it might be my parents if a friend came over to stay mm. like my parents would always you know fuss and you know make sure they had a cup of tea and something to drink, eat and something to drink and have this and have that you know and it was just the same it was, it, so you felt at ease you know pretty quickly yeah. well it's nice isn't it because it's like it's almost like they're more they're more concerned with how you are as a person than they yeah. are about say your technical expertise or the fact that you sure. work for a, 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 a sort of a publishing company or a, or, a, or a music magazine but yeah. they're just more concerned with you know you're a fan and they want to sound out how you are it's, it's great it? it's, and it was very personal as well and, and I had you know this is my first time I mean it ended up going on to be my first ever photo session so, oh, so, so it was quite a big thing as well so this Start photo session this photo session was the absolute beginning that's right and this um, led to talking about your love for the Beatles because we went down to uh, read last year yeah that we went down to Chiswick House and that's where you took those pictures of absolute beginners you know shots of them looking through the railings and by the bust of the, you know, of the, of the outside the stately home. And then I didn't realise that, but that was also where, uh, where you told us that's where the Beatles filmed some of their early promo videos yeah. as well, didn't they? Rain and Paperback Writer, yeah, which yeah. I didn't find out till uh, many years afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I, I've always wondered 
people want to know that it, the Beatles had filmed there and I didn't get to ask him until I think it must have been 2015 and I saw him after he did and I said to him I've got to ask these questions because he's been bothering me for, for years once I'd known him um, but many years after the event of course um, and the first thing I said so I said to him did you know the Beatles were there he said of course I fucking did <laughs> Yeah, exactly. um, and then, and then, even on the documentary, he eventually said, "Well, you know, anywhere, any excuse to film where the Beatles were." Yeah, yeah why not? Which yeah. is what he said. Well, so, it's nice because he's still a fan as well, isn't he? You know, yeah, like we all are. So it was, it was a nice touch. And there's some great photos you took, aren't they? And um, and these ended up in the also in the in the great exhibition that was at Somerset House, the um, uh, the Young Idea exhibition. Yeah, uh, that was started off in Somerset House, and that was created by um, Nikki Weller has Nikki Den Davis yeah. Russell. Reader, and also they had Tory was on the late Tory Turk on the ladies from Somerset House. Yeah, um, so they hadn't, they'd never put on an event before, uh, as in the non Somerset House people, and yeah. Somerset House people had never put on an event like that. Yeah, so it was a bit of a learning. And, and you also had quite a big part in the exhibition, didn't you? you had a lot of your um, not much really. I, I, just a little bit on this one, yeah. but then the second one where they, they, they in Liverpool it was when it took it to Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, they actually gave. My own like vitrine, nice which is a word yeah. I had to, I had to Google, oh, really? <laughs> which is basically like a, a posh word for a display cabinet. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to Google what it meant. So it sounds a little bit like latrine, which I thought, hang on, my phone's going to be in the latrine. I thought, hey, what does that mean? Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't there in the toilet, I'm yeah. glad to say. So um, it's nice to see those. But yeah, I think you're right. In Liverpool, there were definitely, there was a, a, quite a good display of your photos yeah. and your memorabilia. And even like, I think, was there a letter that Paul had written to yeah. you or something as well? Which Nicky uh, still got, by the way. I need to get back, actually. Oh, but, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that was a great success, wasn't it? The, yeah. The exhibition, you know. I mean, I saw them, the, the, the two of them. I went to the London one. I went up to Liverpool to see it. And I think the Liverpool one was even better. Oh, definitely. Did you think so? I mean, it was. Well, I think they had so much stuff in the first place. I think if, if it had been, you've only got like a hundred items, and you, you know, you're where you're going to display them. But when you've got, you know, thousands of items, yeah. it, it, the problem was fitting it into the rooms, and they had several rooms in Somerset House. They just yeah. had so much stuff, yeah. so it was great. So I think it was a lot more open. Mm. It was a bit less congested, and even when the rooms themselves, because even though there was a lot of people in there, they, didn't, they never felt no. as busy because it wasn't people were kind of spread out. Obviously, it wasn't just in one area. You know, yeah. oh, I was so impressed with that. So and I think they did really well. Because that's not what they do yeah. to put on something like that in the time it takes yeah. is a, I think it's, a, it's an amazing feat to be honest um, yeah. I mean even though I did a very small exhibition all I had to do was pick 20 pictures and then the guys put everything up and did it on the wall and that was hard enough picking 20 pictures yeah. so to pick out several thousand items you know I remember yeah. Yeah. must have been really tough yeah, I mean, they, they did a fantastic job oh they did it was just brilliant wasn't it? I don't think I've ever seen any exhibition of any type whether it's art paintings photography anything that, that was so comprehensive and so well put together you know I mean it was done with such a great fan's eye wasn't it you know, the whole thing you know it was wonderful you know?
also worked with From the Jam, and you've done some great photos of them as well. You know, so um, that's the, the the band that sort of formed out of the ashes of the Jam, which was Rick Buckler and Bruce Fox originally, wasn't it? And then um, no, Bruce came actually came in later. Rick oh, right, started okay. with yeah. Russell Hastings yeah. and uh, two other guys. Yeah. And then Bruce, I think Bruce joined them once, you know, just to get up and play. Yeah. And then he joined the band. And then Rick left a little bit later on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So how was that working? What did you think as a jam fan with that transition of the, without Paul Weller? What did you think? With the, um, it was great. Were you skeptical at first? About um, yeah, I was reluctant to go, I must admit, because you just don't know what it's going to be like. And um, so I went to, I, went, I think the first, enough, the first gig I saw them, it was at the Brighton Centre, which was the last gig I saw the jam. It was 25 years to the day that the jam had played the last gig. And that was the first time I saw from the jam. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. So it was a bit weird. I was sitting in, the, in a seat in the Brighton Centre. Yeah, not had to break in this time. Um, it was a bit weird, but they were great. I mean, if you kind of closed your eyes, like Russell's voice and playing sounded so much like Paul. Um, but, it, I mean, it was different in some ways because it wasn't... It's not like stars in your eyes and Russell Hayes says, you know, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Paul Weller. Yeah. I don't think that would I don't think would have worked because I think he, what's great is that Russell's a massive fan and he's very respectful about it all. It's not like he's trying to be Paul Weller yeah. or do the mannerisms or act like him. Yeah. But he just, he's just a very talented musician yeah. in his own right. I mean, in some ways, it's probably difficult for him because he's such a good musician. Yeah. Yeah. But you could be labelled like almost as if you're, you know, like you know, a contribute artist. But he's a lot yeah. more, much, much more than that. Yeah. I mean, um, they're, they're big shoes to fill, aren't they? Yeah, sure. It must be very tough for him. I mean, he's in yeah. a no-win situation. You just got to go out there and do it as near yeah. and enjoy it and, and hope the fans like it. And I think, you know, they seem to be going down well, don't they, with Jam Pound? They sell out, they sell out gigs. I mean, they, you know, they play, they play more and more places. People want to see them. I think it's a mixture of people who never got to see. I think um, it's always difficult when people always ask me, but every, I think every single person that I've spoken to that's seen them thought they were great. Yeah, pretty much. That's good. You know, rather than people coming and saying, "Oh, it wasn't the same." Or it was, of course, it's not the same, and, and nor should it be. But, you know, Russell's very respectful, as I said, and if you're hearing those songs played in a really good way, and in some ways, I think he's got the dream job, because if I could sing and play guitar, yeah. and sound like Paul Weller up on stage every night, playing great songs that yeah. we all love, you know, who wouldn't want to? That's true. So, you know, when he gives him, people do criticise him, yeah. but I think sometimes it's jealousy, and yeah. I don't worry about those people, really. And if you were to pick a sort of jam track off the top of your head, is your one of your? I know it's very difficult, but what would you say is Ghosts would be my favourite. I always just say Eating Rifles, and I think it's probably it is sort of toss up between the two. But it's because it was always such a great song live, and and, and that's where I saw the most was you know at gigs where we all did. Um, but I would say Ghost was just a very different track. It's, it's just every time you hear it, it's just such a great song, such a stripped back song, you know, um, but very moving. Yeah. Disguise, but there's no need just cause it's all we've made. 
taking photos of some mutual friends of ours. You've got your photo on their new album, Funk, Pop, uh, French Boutique, which, yeah. uh, which are our great uh, friends over in Paris. And you've got some great pictures on the album of that and the posters in it as well. And the past tense as well, you've done their album cover yep. as well. So, so how did you get to know French Boutique? They were at the March of the Mods, must have been either 2013 or 14, I think. I'm not sure which year, sorry. Anyway, they, I, I was taking photos for just for the for the for the event, and um, this was at the Fitness Elbow in um, near Camden, and um, they came on. And I thought they were great, and I got some shots. Oh, it'd be great to get some shots of the band in between their sets. So they basically just came outside to have a cigarette, and they obviously yeah. just done their set, and they were sweating and everything. And um, but they were great. They were yeah. really, and they were just got a couple of nice shots of them. Mm. And then we kind of exchanged, you know, strange details. And I always remember because I thought that Gabrielle was French. Her hearing her talk to the guys in the band, yeah. she was speaking French. So you, you know, you hear French, you assume she's French. Um, but then I got to sort of meet them a couple of times after that. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of went from there really, but it was a bit a bit of a fluke to be honest, I think.
also been over to Paris to photograph them as well, haven't you? Yes. So, some great shots of them on the Paris Metro and uh, yeah. in their lovely French Parisian apartment. And there's, there's some great shots, you know. Oh, they're a very photogenic band, uh, you know. And their new album is fantastic, isn't it? You know, yeah, I really love it. It's, it's yeah, yeah. they're great fun to work with, I have to say. Yeah. And you know, they, they, what was really nice was they made me feel really welcome, and it was you know had a weekend in Paris too. And uh, what was quite good, it wasn't your normal tourist weekend, I would say, where you come and did the sights. Mm. It was they met me at the at the train station. We got the we got the, uh, the Eurostar over. Met me at the station, and we had a few drinks in a bar near them. And then and then of course the next day, anyway, they stayed in the apartment. I could have stayed in the hotel. It was quite nice staying with them, yeah. meeting yeah. their cats, meeting their friends, and just sort of spending time again looking out of that Parisian apartment yeah. window. Yeah. Um, and we did shots, a lot of shots in the apartment, in the front room, in the bedroom, yeah. from the from the window, at the back of the venue, uh, in the street, down at the cafe, yeah. the underground. So it was quite good getting you know, shots around the place. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and not being a tourist, so yeah. to speak, you know. Um, and as I say, they're very photogenic. And the past tense, you've also done their album cover, which is a great yeah. cover as well. Um, it's it's live shots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Funny enough, um, Andy Norov live literally, he does live a stone's throw from my house. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. With a heavy enough stone, I could hit his house <laughs> yeah. from my house. Yeah, don't do that. Um, no, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we became friends and he's a good guy and the yeah. guys are nice guys in the band as well. Any other bands that you'd recommend that you're working with now? Is there any sort of um, yeah? There's bands? a few people. In particular, uh, there's a band called Dogtooth, a really like talent, very talented young band from Scotland. I mean, I think the singer is 14, and they've already done 200 gigs. <laughs> Fantastic. Two, yeah, 200 gigs now. Or was he 15 last month? I think. I see. It might have been 15 in February. I'm not sure. Yeah. But anyway, they're very young still. They've actually yeah. done over 200 gigs now. Yeah. Which is a huge number to have under their belt. They're playing the March of the Mods next weekend. Um, they're very, really like them. It's only a three-piece. Very talented musicians. Um, there's a couple of really good female singers I'm working with. A lady called Nadia Shake. Mm-hmm. She's 
half Spanish, half Indian. He's got, he's got a very unique voice. Um, good songwriter. We like working with her. singer called Anya Cahill, um, very good, very talented singer, uh, writes a lot of her own stuff, material as well, yeah. I think she could be huge, yeah. um, who else I've been working with, um, there's definitely good bands around, yeah, was it the Spitfires? Yeah, still, still working with them, they're really good bands, I think they've really come on a lot, I think probably the most improved band, not as in they weren't good before, but as in I've never seen a band come on so much. Yeah. Kind of up, and by that I mean they've gone up like two, three levels. But they're young bands as well, aren't they? Yes, I mean, Billy Singer, songwriter, is only probably, what, 22 maybe? Yeah, Very good band. And they're starting to get a following now. They're doing it all themselves. Yeah. You know, no support from the industry. So it's, it's kind of them against the world kind of attitude. Yeah, great. Which I, which I think is great because it works for them. like Weller when he was so young. I mean, when you yeah, think sure. about how young he was when he wrote all those classic songs, it's hard to believe it. You know, amazing. Tell me, you stay up with us 
We've been doing some fashion shoots as well. Um, yes. Like today, we were witnessing you in action. Yes. Uh, so, what was today's photo shoot about? The very talented and very gorgeous Amy Kilroy-Buck, looking very good today. Okay. And what, um, was that, what was that today? The, uh, that's for Carnaby Street. Angela makes her own dresses. Yeah. Um, as I said, it's bespoke items as well. So it's not like a chain where you could go and you know get the same as everybody else. Um, you were photographing down the tube today, and it looked really impressive, didn't it? All yes. The sort of 60s style on the underground looked fantastic. We're getting a lot of admiring glances from everybody, all the commuters. So. Well, well, I was it, and we, well, Amy was. Amy looked <laughs> fantastic. A lot of people looking at your camera going, well, hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's Carnaby Street, is that? Yeah. Okay, great. So people can look at that on the web, can they, and find out where it is? Great. And so, Derek, where, where can we find you on, on the inter- internet and um, all that stuff? Where I'm on we... the usual places of Facebook, and I do the Twitter thing once in a while. I kind of, everything is tweeting sounds a little bit too much like the birdie song for me, so that yeah. kind of puts me off. Um, and then on my website, which is www.blinkandumissit.com, yeah. there's a much more limited set of pictures on there, only because I don't want it to be. Sure. Thousands, because people don't want to look through everything, but just some of my favourite shots of different types of photography. Great. Some of your archive there. Yeah. Um, so with Amy's permission, if we're happy, we'll get some more of the new shots today. Add it onto the site. Oh, um, and the book is out in April. April. That's right. Yeah. Very soon. And you've also got is your other original jam book still available? Is that it's pretty much sold out. I think. I think. I think the last. There's about ten copies left. That was in the crowd. That was the first one. Right. Yeah. The classic book. You know. Um, so, so people can go online, check out audio books, and also. Pre-order the, the what sounds like an intriguing book. You know, but, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, the new book coming out. And uh, well, thank you, Derek, and, and good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.